Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Well, hello, everybody. How you doing today? Honored you're with us. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor right here at the Block Church. Want to welcome all of our locations online and physical. We love you. God bless you today. And uh, welcome to the Block Church and uh, Happy New Year. If we missed you last week, uh, it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be in the house of God. And uh, today we begin a brand new teaching series called POV, which means point of view. And we're studying all the way through Easter. We're studying Jesus' words. Studying Jesus' words. Now, we might not uh, share Jesus' words on Easter. We'll share Jesus' actions, all right? Uh, But uh, all the way through Easter, studying Jesus' words, it's gonna be powerful, powerful, powerful. And uh, if you're a guest with us, this is a great series to begin with us. If you didn't bring somebody with you to church today, next week, you gotta do it because this is a great place for people who don't know God uh, to learn about who we follow Also, for those of us who follow Jesus, kind of know exactly what Jesus said and what he meant. Don't you think that's important? Yeah. Uh, You know, I just want to kind of hit a couple things just for series context sake, okay? Uh, Things Jesus never said. Jesus never said, follow your dreams. He never said, follow your heart. He never said, be a good person. Amen for all the bad people. Uh, He's never said, as long as you're happy. He never said, who am I to judge? He never said, my message is secondary. Life is meaningless. Everything is relative. Choose your truth. There are many paths to God and many gods. Uh, Life is short, so do what you want. Jesus didn't say any of those things. And and, and sorry to to come out swinging, okay? But, but the goal of this series is, is really threefold, okay? Num- number one, uh, we want to understand Jesus' point of view. In, in a crazy world, we got to know what Jesus is thinking and seeing and saying. Second thing is, is, is we need to assume uh, Jesus' point of view and kind of make an exchange. His eyes, our eyes, right? Uh, his voice, our voice, right? And then, and then lastly, like uh, my goal, and this is always a goal, is for you to have a biblical worldview, that's most important, right? Obviously to, to follow Jesus but, and, and to make him savior. But I need you to have a biblical worldview. We gotta have a biblical, because the world's always changing. The world's always crazy, but the gospel's timeless. God's word doesn't change. And it's still the same power that conquered the grave that lives in you and me. So we gotta have a biblical worldview, all right? All right, so that's kind of the goal of this series and uh, what we'll be accomplishing together. Now, uh, I turn 37 years old this week coming up. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I I read this. I don't know if this is true or not, but but apparently 37 is officially your late 30s. Guess what? I'm here for it. 
I'm here for it. If I'm late 30s, it is what it is. All right, I'm embracing it. I already embraced it by shaving my head. I know I, all of you made fun of me last week in, 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 uh, when you saw that video. I, I saw, I heard the laughing. I judge you. And, uh, but the thing is, is it looked fine here, but up here it was dying, okay? So anyway, late 30s, here I am, I'm here for it. But I was just thinking, uh, you know, um, I don't know, especially at the start of the year or your birthday, I was thinking about some things that you shouldn't be here for. Uh, let me give you some examples. Uh, imagine someone saying this, max out that credit card for vacay. I'm here for it. Or, or forget that diet, eat your carbs. I'm here for it. Uh, how about, uh, let's get back with that toxic X. I'm here for it. Or quit the job with no plan. I'm here for it. That's too many of you. Uh, doing me this year. I'm here for it. Yeah, but you did you last year and it didn't work well. Right? I, I'm just saying like, like those are things that, that you should be far from not here for. Right? Uh, and, and with the year beginning and, and, and with some of your birthdays, although really we only celebrate mine in January, the question I want to pose to you today is what are you here for? What are you here for? That, that's actually the title of my message today. What are you here for? Some of you, you could be sitting or, or watching or for, for a variety of things and, and that's okay, but I want to help you hone down on, on, on the main thing. And, and this statement today, what are you here for? It's kind of a double entendre. Okay, uh, meaning if you're a believer, what are you here for? I'm gonna question your motives. If you're not a believer, well, everything you want to know or need to know to direct your life, what you're here for on planet earth, it's found in Jesus. And so that, that, that kind of double thought today, we're gonna, we're gonna walk with and we're gonna begin uh, with probably my favorite little story here of Jesus. And I wanted to start here and I'm gonna read it and you'll see why, because it, it's just kind of ludicrous. And it sounds, it kind of gives some vampire vibes. All right, uh, but it's not, it just kind of gives us a, a little bit of that. So John 6, 56, this is our kind of big statement today we'll begin with. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Amen. <laughs> That's Jesus' words. Some of you are like, oh man, they must be bringing out snakes here to handle here shortly. Um, but, but this is what Jesus says. So we got to understand the magnitude of this statement and not throw it out just because it sounds crazy. And, and, and I think a lot of us, we tend to throw out scriptures we don't like. We tend to treat God's word as a buffet. Uh, but we, we tend to, to treat Jesus' words like, well, if it encourages me, right? Or the Bible, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? But, but, but then it's like, but also like Jesus says later, we'll get into this soon, but hate your father and mother, right? Or you can have no part in me kind of stuff. It's like, what? Whoa, 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 Jesus. Or, or it's like, you know, Jesus saying, hey, take up your cross, follow me. Those who die live, those who live die. It's like, whoa, 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 we can't just, we gotta understand 
why Jesus is telling us to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Because he's saying, look, if you don't, you can't have a part of me. And I don't just want part of him. I want all of him. Why are you here? Well, there's probably a lot of reasons. And Jesus really attacks that. Here's where the context of this passage is happening. It's after two wild miracles. Miracle one, feeding of the 5,000 plus women and children. A lot of food. Praise God. Then it's after Jesus walks on the water. And when the people had seen the sign of Jesus providing bread for the multitude, kind of in the open air, kind of like a wilderness, it reminded them of Moses and and manna coming from heaven. Uh, This was kind of the prophet Moses, if you will, predicting Deuteronomy 18, 15, that the Lord will raise up a prophet in your midst. It's powerful that we see in the Old Testament, again, Jesus being predicted. Uh, It made sense though. And so the crowd is willing to support Jesus though, so long as they gave them what they wanted or needed, which was bread. I think it is easy though to criticize how the crowd loved Jesus for the bread he gave them. But honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times we only love Jesus for what he gives us. Uh, We must also friends love and obey him for who he is, Lord and God. And if he never gave us another thing, he still gave of himself and he's Lord, he's God, he's King of Kings. So I I don't want to be too quick to judge these, these, these people, even though they were in the wrong, because honestly, sometimes in my own brattiness, I, I, I can forget that I'm here because he's King. I want to hook up from God. God, bless me, hook me up, get me stuff. And so, and so, but Jesus is like, no, 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 you got to, you got to eat my flesh, drink my blood. Some more context here, John 6, 25, verse 25. So, so Jesus has, has performed the miracle. Then he's walked on the water and then they're kind of looking for him. It's kind of the same people. Verse 25, they find him now on the other side of the lake and ask rabbi or teacher, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy, and this is for us, spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For, the, for God the Father has seen me, this, has given me the seal of his approval. So Jesus makes a contrast here between spiritual things and material things. Because honestly, it's almost universally true that people are more attracted to material things than spiritual things, right? I mean, hey, free stuff uh, is more attractive in our flesh than eternal life. And so I want us to be, we need to be spiritual people seeing with spiritual eyes, even seeing people we don't like with spiritual eyes that God might want to do something or work in that relationship. And what I want for us and what I believe Jesus wants for us, what he's saying is, is, is guys, we've got to be spiritual people. You understand that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, not kind of these natural human beings kind of, kind of seeking. No, we are spiritual beings and we must Stop thinking earthly and start living, seeing, and thinking supernaturally. 
In verse 28, they replied, well, we want you to perform God's works too. What should we do? We want to perform God's works. That's what they're saying. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Uh, These people remind me a little bit of, of somebody who's trying to find you because they want something from you. So they text you. They, they keep calling you. How did you end up here? You know, and they, they find you somewhere. Do you have anybody like that that just kind of chases you down and you're trying to avoid them and ignore them? Not that Jesus was, but like if I was Jesus, this is kind of what it feels like. Or it's like, it's like they're just like, they're kind of just like pestering him. And in his love and grace, but also um, in his uh, trying to help them understand. He, he's offering them some, some grace, but he's, he's, not, uh, he's not like, you know, holding back. But, but Jesus always speaks in a way that like you got to look beyond or look through or look into what he's saying. And he says, guys, the only work that God wants from you is to believe in me. What does that mean? Well, it's not do first, it's trust first. Uh, it's not, I'll believe it when I see it. It's, I'll believe it until I see it. It's not works that please God. It's faith that pleases God. And we do the works from the faith. It's not get, it's release. It's not try harder. In fact, it's, let me release more control. So, so the people are trying to assume the, the, to be God. To, I want to do this stuff so that I can hook myself up. Do you see the, 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 the motive of these people, right? In verse 30, they answered, well, and this is where it, this is where it turns a little bit. Uh, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. And then they have the audacity to question him. What can you do? After all, After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. A a little context here. Remember, this is the the Jewish people and they're surrounded by the Jewish leaders. Now, um, it's not true that that all of these people were poor. In fact, the the, the religious leaders probably were doing uh, decent financially. But at the same time, the Jewish people did have a victim mentality and they were oppressed in a sense by the Roman government. And so sometimes when you carry a victim mentality where things have happened to you, but you've not accepted that you've got to make the most of your circumstance and your situation. What you do is you're going around, even people whose fault it wasn't, you're going around going, well, what are you going to do for me? How are you going to take care of me? Hey, you're our people. What's up? Like, did you see what, 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 what God used to do then? What are you going to do for me now? And so you see the brokenness of the people just really looking for somebody to just meet their immediate needs. But uh, friends, listen to me. Uh, Jesus, God is not in the business of giving you what you want. God is not in the the business of, of dopamine hits. And gratifying the flesh 
immediately. The journey with Jesus is one of self-denial. It, it, it's one of, of, I'm kind of like leaving this here and I'm going here. It is one of, of being persecuted and it is one of, of sometimes being overlooked and it is one of, of, wow, this isn't fair. I mean, think about Jesus' life. It wasn't fair what they did to Jesus. It wasn't fair that this sinless carpenter prophet was beaten, destroyed, and died on a cross for nothing, for no reason, except, of course, that he made some claims and people didn't like it. But if you want to talk about what's fair and what's not fair, what was done to Jesus and what Jesus left, not really fair. Of course, we know, and if you don't, Jesus did it because he loved us, because God loved us. And so he threw out fair so that he could be your friend. And so here are these people broken and, and Jesus recognizes it, but what are you going to do for me? See, they're not here. They're not there to know the king or to bow before the king. They're there to beg. And friends, listen to me. You got to change your way of seeing God. You're not standing before God as if you were a pauper, going alms for the poor. Hook me up, God, and shake your can and do all the things. No, you, when in Christ, when you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you are a son and daughter of the living God. You are. You begin a journey of the miraculous. You don't need to beg. What you do is you boldly go. You pray, you plead, you intercede, you call, you invite, you remind, but you walk boldly into the courts of the king. And only sons and daughters can do that. Only my son can walk into my room at 2 a.m. and stand in front of my face like it's a horror film. What? Oh my gosh. And my heart is beating. What? 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 What are you doing? <laughs> what? What am I doing? Well, currently, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm having a heart attack. And, and, and secondly, what are you doing? But after I collect myself, I see that smile. And I see my son in my own image. And I say, son, I don't know what I'm doing. What are you doing? What do you want to do? He's like, I'm just, I'm here to cuddle. Or play. What do you want to do? And like, when we approach Jesus, not as these beggars trying to get something from God. 
but to be with him. He sees his son and daughters in his own image. Okay, what do you want to do? Friends, this is the point of view where I believe Jesus is heartbroken because they don't see him yet. They want an earthly king. They try to make him an earthly king. He's like, I want to be king of your heart. I want to be father God. And in verse 32, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, well, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. But you haven't believed in me even though you've seen me. Just a side note, friend, remember that it's not man who provides for you, it's God. It's not your boss who provides for you, it's God. Whenever we're hungry or thirsty, friends, remember, we'll consume anything. Unfortunately, not always the right thing. And be careful when you're in a place of desperation. Be careful when you're thirsty. Be careful when you long for a partner. And, 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 and while there's nothing wrong with longing for someone when you're thirsty or hungry, sometimes we choose whatever's there. Careful. There's only one bread of life. So they reject Jesus' offering in verse 41. They murmur and disagree and talk about his father being Joseph, not Father God. Jesus goes on to tell them, stop arguing and make, and, <laughs> and he makes a few important statements through verse 59. Let, let's read it, verse 53. Then he goes, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Verse 55, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Let me show you what Jesus is saying. Layman's terms. First one is this. No one can come to Jesus. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. So, so when you see that, friends, please understand something. You're here today, not because someone invited you, even though somebody invited you. Not because you accidentally tuned in. You're here today, not because it's what somebody did 30 years ago or, or because grandma invited you or told you or whatever. And while it's true, it's also true that you're really here because the spirit of God drew you here. And he purposed to bring you here. Second one is anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. This is true. Anyone who believes in Jesus, in the fullness of Jesus, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in me will have eternal life. Third one is anyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. In other words... My sheep hear my voice. And, and those who listen to the voice of God, who listen to that God DNA and learn from it, 
they find Jesus. See, you go to the true and living God, you're seeking spirituality. If you really seek God, you're gonna end up at a crossroads. Jesus or nothing. Another thing is he's saying, your ancestors ate man in the wilderness, but still died. But anyone who eats bread from heaven, from me, eats of me, will never die. See, again, it's, it's the old covenant. It, it, it's Moses. It's like, it's the complaining paupers. We need bread. Send us something. We're going to die in the wilderness. And so manna comes, but it wasn't enough. Because it was all about what they didn't have and what they really didn't have was Jesus. And here Jesus is going, you can get all the stuff. You can even get the blessings. You can be around or with people who live under favor and get blessed and all that stuff. But at some point, the material things, it ends and you're faced with the truth that you're gonna live and then you're gonna die and then what? And unless you eat of him and drink of him, then separation from him is your destiny. Last thing is my true, my flesh is true food and blood, true drink. And anyone who eats and drinks and re remains in me and I in him, which is the recap of our original verse that we don't need to read again, but basically you wanna live a life of adventure, of faith, of abundance, you gotta take part. And many of his disciples in verse 60 say, Lord, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Now, now stay with me here. How can anyone accept it? I wanna say this, guys, we don't need to worry about making excuses for Jesus. You don't need to like, oh, I know the, the Bible says this and, but you know, let's hide this. So you don't need to do all that. Speaks for itself. It's life-giving. Now you certainly have, uh, you, you have a choice as to how you deliver that truth. You can deliver it like a jerk and you can thump or you can deliver it with open arms. And, and so, but, but the disciples are like, oh, we're not going to build our following, our, our army. The disciples are like, we're not going to, we got to go take over the Roman Empire. Jesus, you can't say crazy stuff like this or people are going to leave. We're like, we got we to gotta raise the budget. We got to keep the seats full. And honestly, as a pastor, uh, sometimes I am tempted to go, oh, I don't know if I want to teach that series. I don't know, man. I, like, I got 20 employees. I, we, we got a building to pay a mortgage on. We got rent. We got stuff. Like, I can be tempted to do that. They're doing the same thing. But then I'm like, hey, I answer to God. And like, my job's to kind of help you get to heaven. And, I, I, you know, I can be careful and fancy here or, uh, and pay for it in eternity. Or I can get before God and hear, well, well done, good and faithful. So, so what is the flesh and the blood as we prepare to receive communion? Well, the flesh, Jesus is foreshadowing how he would die in our place freely and brutally. It's a reference to John 1 where he is the word. And when we consume God's word, friends, we are nourished by the bread of life. 
When we receive him as the bread, we're not receiving Jesus as another prophet, teacher, idea, or philosophy. We are receiving him as savior and king. He's going, this is my body broken. We believe that because of his wounds and stripes on his back that we can actually find physical healing. Believing that today, even as you sang, bodies were healed. When it comes to the blood, Jesus was again foreshadowing his spilled blood as the ultimate sacrifice and the pure spotless lamb that must be sacrificed to atone for our sins. When we're covered by his blood, we are participants in divine protection and free from obligation to sin. When we drink the wine of the kingdom, we receive one another as new creations and we do not classify people based on status, but as believers. It's his blood that covers our sin and now we will live forever with Jesus in life and in death. And as I close and as we prepare for communion, I must read kind of the end here. And I'm running out of time, so I'm going to skip 61 through 65. But ultimately, the disciples are starting to get offended. And basically, Jesus is checking their motives. And at verse 66, I want to read this. This is important. Verse 66, it says, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. So it wasn't just the 12, right? Jesus had other disciples, but, but, but many. And so, so I want to say something, you know, guys, people leaving Jesus, it, it didn't just happen during a pandemic. This thing's been going on forever. And so I want to say something because I know it's a catchphrase and it's popular, this, this word deconstruction. Well, nothing wrong with, 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 I guess, unlearning some wrong religious, uh, man-made, uh, yeah, processes or, or man-made structures, right? Uh, but I will say to deconstruct your orthodoxy as to Christ and Christ crucified, that's the danger zone. And they didn't like the fact that he, Jesus was saying, hey, what are you here for? Are you here for the stuff or are you here to surrender? People have been doubting his deity and distancing from community. It's nothing new. We don't like what we hear. We don't get what we want. And so we're out, but God's not changing. You can't blame, you can't blame leaving God on faulty men forever. So then Peter says this in verse 67, and I'm done. Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? In verse 68, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One. This is my favorite verse in the Bible. This is. And I wanna break it down like this. Maverick and I, my son, five-year-old, not sure if I'm allowed to do this, but we've been watching Star Wars, every one of them. I like it because there's not a lot of blood and uh, there's not really much romance. So, and there's not really much cursing. So it feels safe. And really, I like it because there's good and evil. It's dark side, light side. It's pretty clear. And my son, we're watching and so, you know, when, when Princess Leia and Han Solo kiss, he's like, oh, I hope they don't kiss again. 
ought to be five, you know. But, 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 but he says to me, you know, as we go through the evil empire and the, you know, all this stuff and the Sith Lord and all these different things, he's like, he's like, dad, I'm not going to be on the dark side. He's, I'm, I'm, he says, I'm, ch I'm choosing the light side. But he's like, why did some people, like, why did, how, why did Anakin be, become Darth Vader? Like, like, why, how did he, why did he, he was in the light. And then he chose the dark side. I said, oh, son, this is the hardest thing to watch. And this is the hardest thing to watch as pastors and as people, because the reality is, is, is sometimes the dark side can be deceiving. You get caught up in thinking you're doing good, but it's evil. You stop believing in, in the right things and you give in to the temptations of flesh because it's easier and you gain more power and sometimes more immediate stuff. You want to know how you stay in the light? Is you eliminate the choice. And Peter, this is, this is Peter. He's going, hey God. We got no other choice. We're going down with the ship. We've burned our ships. Our eggs are all in one basket. We're all in on you. Like there's no going back. There's no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. That is what Peter's saying. Like, like we, I got nothing to go back to. I've left it all. I've sold it all. You have it all. What am I here for, Jesus? Not really sure. I just know it's you. This, this is what God's looking for. And in that spirit, that's how we've received communion. Here we go. <laughs> I've made my choice because I've not given myself another one. I'm surrendered. I'm surrendered. What am I here for? You. You. And whatever that means and whatever that comes with, for you. And as now, at every location, you begin to fool around with the communion cups, will like you take, likely take you 13 minutes to open. I would like you to stand to your feet and I would like you to grab the bread and I would like to remind you that Jesus is so wonderful and wondrous. He's miraculous and he's mighty. He's faithful and he's forgiving. He's strong and he's steadfast. He's both the lion and the lamb. He's God. Jesus is all that I want. He satisfies my soul and my life and he can do the same for you. And as you grab the bread today and as you deny yourself, as you deny your identities, as you deny the world, as you deny your preferences, as you deny yourself, you take up his cross, would you hold the bread that represents his body? Today we choose light. And Jesus, we remember. We remember what you did for us, how you died for us. We remember the night that you took bread with your disciples and you broke it. You gave it to us. And we do this for thousands of years of church history. And we just want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of you. And we know that today as we eat your flesh and we drink your blood, we, are, we remain in you. And the best is surely ahead. We love you in Jesus' name. Let's eat the bread together.
Let's grab the juice, the juice that represents the blood, the wine that represents you and I being one people, despite our differences and our different backgrounds and our different ideas and communities and voting patterns and thought patterns and all the things, man, the blood that makes us one, makes you and I brothers and sisters. I don't deserve to be your brother, but because of the blood of Jesus, I am. And so we thank you, Jesus, for your blood that washes our sin white as snow. The blood that was spilled the only way for us to be redeemed. And now we're covered today under no obligation to keep on singing. We're white as snow. We love you and we remember. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. As you stay standing, would you put your communion cups on your seat and at every location, let's stay standing and let's bow our head and close our eyes. I'm gonna ask you the most important question you've ever been asked. Are you following Jesus? Maybe, maybe you were a believer, but you were here for the wrong things and you need to get right with God today. I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but friend, today is the day for salvation. If you're far from Jesus, if you've got sin in your life, if, not where, if you're not where you should be, if you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, your personal Savior, He is the bread of life, the key to life. And I want to invite you to get right with Him and begin with Him today. And if that's you, at every, any one of our locations, including online, you got to get right with God or begin a journey with God. Would you put your hand up in the air right now? I want to pray over you. Saying, I got to get right with God today. I got to begin a journey with God today. I'm going to wait. So I see you. Put your hand up. Put your hand up so we can pray for you. Put your hand up at every location. Put your hand up. We want to pray for you. I want to pray this prayer as a church family, not because it's magic, but it is a starting point. And uh, I would like all of us to pray this out loud. And even if you, you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should, you, sh you should pray this prayer. And then at the end of service, you should go to the prayer table so we can get a, a book in your hand so you can begin this journey so we can walk with you. But let's pray this out loud. Can we say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. And today I ask for forgiveness. I'm here for you. Raise me to new life like you were raised. I am yours and I trust you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we believe you are saved. Heaven is your destiny. Your best days are ahead. May not get easier, but it's gonna get better. Come on, let's give it up for all those who crossed a lot of faith today. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.